Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Spark, a conversation for mutual improvement. I'm your host, Josh Gallegos, and today we are going to be talking about different cultures, both American and other countries, and maybe some things that we can learn from them. Here's the, here's the topic. Here's the question that I want to pose for you guys. How can America take a page from other cultures? We're just a few individuals that are striving to make the world better one conversation at a time. So without further ado, welcome to Spark. I'm Josh Gallegos, and joining me this week, we have Bethany White. Bethany, could you introduce yourself for us? Hi, I'm Bethany White. I'm an English education major. I'll be graduating in just a couple of days, moving to Colorado. Um, I have actually lived in several countries. I lived in Germany for four years when I was very young, Belgium for another four years, and then China for one year. And Bethany, you've been on with my old podcast with Jen too. You've yes. been on several times. So this isn't her first, uh, I don't know test drive or anything like that. <laughs> no. We've been through this together and she's a good friend and I've had her on multiple times because she has a very great perspective. And then we also have... Bethany Klaus. I am from um, America, but I've lived in Germany for the past 14 years. Cool. And what are you studying? I'm studying elementary education with and a Bible minor. Are you graduating as well? No, I don't graduate till next May. So I've got another year left. Okay. So one more year. And then Bethany and I are both graduating um, tomorrow. Just a couple of days. Yeah. Oh yeah, tomorrow. It's tomorrow already. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So fast. So uh, we're talking today about different cultures, and we've talked through a bunch of different topics these last few episodes. And this one especially is one that has popped up in even just in the mainstream news in recent times. So Bethany, could you explain this, the whole like idea behind what you want to talk about? Sure. Um, absolutely. I was kind of thinking we've had so many conversations, like you said, in the media and other different areas and about culture and about what it means to have a culture and what it means to appreciate a culture. And a lot of us uh, who have not lived in the United States our entire lives, we recognize that there are a lot of benefits that you can get from other cultures. There are a lot of ways that you can appreciate other cultures. And so we just kind of wanted to have a conversation about some of those things that each of us, I know each of us have been outside the United States what are some ways that we can learn from other cultures? Because, of course, we love our country, we love America, but we do agree that there are things that we can do better, whether that's attitudes, whether that's the, the way that we approach other cultures, the way that we approach other relationships, that other countries do better. So we just wanted to kind of discuss that idea, you know, what can America learn from other cultures? So with that being said, um, I did have my first kind of general question that I wanted to talk about. And I wanted to ask, what do you guys think is the biggest problem that America has that you've seen that other cultures don't necessarily have? I know, Beth, you have some thoughts on this. Yes, I believe America is a very fast-paced culture. And I think um, that is what leads to a lot of the problems that we have, not only physically, but also psychologically. Um, I was reading some articles on ABC News about um, how many Americans burn out. More than half of Americans um, that are employees 
think that they're overworked and um, underpaid and they, they feel burned out and stressed out. And I think a lot of that is, um, it comes from that American dream that if I work harder, if I do better, I can reach anything I want. I can be rich. I can do everything. And that's awesome. Like I, and, and the capitalistic idea that fueled that, that if you work hard, you can get everything. And that's incredible. Um, but I also think that in doing so, in working so hard, Americans have forgotten, or a lot of Americans have forgotten to take a break. And because of this, um, I believe that that's the reason that Americans are so exhausted all the time, and they're they're going not only into anxiety and depression because they're not they're not giving their body or their minds the rest that they need. Okay, so what are some ways that you've seen in German culture that they they do take rest? They do make the time for that? Well, specifically in Germany, it's actually funny. I have a story I can tell you guys. Um, I mean, Germany, Germans take their breaks seriously. I mean, if they're on break, they're not they're not going to do work. Hmm. So. Um, German men and women both get at least a couple months of paid mother and father vacation when they have a baby. Even the fathers get time off for that. And they, they're not allowed to work basically during that time. And there are times when Germans, if they're injured, like they're not allowed to work. Like they have to rest until they're better. One time specifically I've seen that um, was my friend had just moved to Germany as a missionary and we were going to buy her car. And the people knew we were coming. We had gone the day before. We found the car that she wanted. She came to pay like thousands of euros in cash. Like, she wasn't paying with her card or anything. She had the money in cash to take it there. And they knew we were coming, so we showed up at the door at 12 o'clock. And we went in to pay, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, we're on our lunch break right now. We can't take that. And so they're like, she's, well, I have the money right here. Like, I just need to get the car and go. We were in a town that was a couple hours away. It was going to take us hours to get back. And they said, no, we can't take your money right now. We're on a break. You can come back in an hour when lunch is done. Huh. And they closed the door. And we sat outside the shop for an hour. And they, that was their break time. They weren't allowed to do work during that time. And so I just thought that was so interesting because it just solidified in my mind the fact that, you know, break time is break time. And if you don't take those breaks, then you're going to get overworked and you're going to get stressed out and you're going to get anxiety. And, and that's the reason a lot of German people, they don't struggle with that necessarily in their culture. Yeah, I know that in the area of China that I lived in, they had a very similar concept. Um, every day from one to three, the entire, at least the entire island, if not, I'm sure I can't say the entire country, but the entire island would take a nap. So like children would go home from school and from one to three, there'd be no cars in the streets. There'd be no people in the stores. Everybody just took that time to just take the rest and just, I don't know, kind of take the rest that they need for that day, especially the kids who are in school because they work really hard at that time. And I think that a lot of Americans, like you said, were so busy. And I think that starts at a young age because I know that there's a lot of kids even my family, you know, you're involved in sports, you're involved in music, you're involved in, you know, debate and speech and all these extracurricular. You also want to have fun with your friends and you have homework. And I know a lot of people, parents say, well, don't give my kids homework because they don't have enough time. And I think that's a whole other debate on in itself. Yeah. But just the idea that we don't, from childhood, we don't really give ourselves a chance to breathe, I think. So I think that that's a very interesting point. We just keep going and we just keep trying to get more and more yeah what do you think there are that are detriments to that and that have shown themselves in american culture so like the fact that we're constantly moving like what are some benefits that maybe that brings to germany or to china that you're not seeing over here because we're not stopping well one thing i believe that is a benefit in germany at least is that um just economically the country's been doing really really well over the past 10 20 years 
And um, you, you can see that during the depressions in Europe and everything like that, yeah. Germany was kind of pulling through for everyone. And I firmly believe that is because of the breaks that they take. Because when you're resting, your mind works better. You can do your job better. And if you're, if you're feeling overworked and if you're feeling underpaid and if you're feeling like you're doing too much, you don't want to give your best. But if you're getting that rest you need, if you're taking the time off that you need to have off, you're, you're ready to work. And I think we can all say that when, when we're well rested, we're ready to work. And um, so I, I believe the lack of rest leads to uh, a decrease in, um, in the, not only um, the attitude, but just, just the energy levels and everything. So Americans aren't working as well. And I think um, that that is what's leading to a lot of, of the problems. And I think that, that that's something that they could learn. Yeah. And I mean, I would say health-wise, I can't say 100% that it's like this marked, I don't have you know, the research to say that there's a marked Difference, yeah. Difference in health levels. And I mean, there's other things too. We have different kinds of medicine than, you know, some other cultures do and that kind of thing. But um, I definitely would have to say that just the ability that they have, like Beth said, to continue on with their work, to be able to continue going, and then also to stay healthier. Um, I think maybe as Americans, we don't realize how unhealthy our lifestyle is and how many of our problems might be caused just by the fact that, you know, we don't rest or we don't, you know, take the time to... I think right now, like, what's a big thing is, like, self-care. And I read an article, and it said that if we took care of our bodies day-to-day, like, the way that we needed to, then we wouldn't have to make it a treat to treat our bodies well. Mm. You know, it wouldn't have to be, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to take this entire day and go to a spa and do these things because I have to, because my health is so bad. It should be every day I drink water, every day I take care of my body, I get enough rest. And that is true self-care, is doing the things that your body actually needs every day so that you have built a life that you don't have to escape from. And I think the fact that America is so obsessed with self-care, I don't know a lot of other countries that, I know a lot of countries that they do, like Beth was saying, they, they've set up this way, like in a lot of Scandinavian countries, they have built this entire lifestyle around the idea of making a peaceful life. But I think what's a little bit different from that is that, because I think what it really comes down to is just the fact that we're discontent with... Americans. Our, Americans are discontent with the fact that we are not giving ourselves, I think, the things that we... Well, and we want things that we don't have. And so our whole culture is built around this, like, this want. Like, we want more things. And then the more things we have, the better we are and that kind of thing. And it's not built around contentment at all. Right. And that might be, some people would say, one of the sins of capitalism. Um, I've heard that. Oh, totally different conversation. (laughs) Um, I do have a question for you guys, though. I do want to ask, because I think this is incredibly important, and I do see that. Even like in Europe, I know a lot of different countries have built in, and you mentioned Germany. They have built into it like 30-day vacations is what you said? Yeah, like, we have a mandatory government paid 30 days vacation a year. So you, wherever you work, you have to have 30 days off that are paid. Yeah, and that's totally like alien if you think about it here in the United mm-hmm. States. Like You work. Like That's, that's what you do. You work yourself into the ground and then you work some more, you know, and you have a little bit of time in the evening with your family or whatever to kind of do your own thing. But you're not like, I don't know, even then you're trying to, you're supposed to be, you know, this mindset of like, you know, improving yourself, going and working out, like all these other stuff as well. So what are some practical ways that you guys think Americans could take this concept of rest and taking care of yourself and incorporate it into the 
busy culture that we have. I believe that'd be a really hard thing to make a whole culture change. Not well, and um, I think culturally, if you want to change the culture, you have to change, change the, the individual. In, absolutely, yes. right. So, as an individual, what could people do individually? Um, I think going off of what Bethany was saying, just starting to take care of your body on the daily, not just treating yourself. Oh, I'm going to treat myself to a facial. I'm going to do this to make myself feel good daily, like eating the right foods. I think a lot of it comes down to that. We're not eating the right foods. We're not drinking enough water and um, we're not sleeping. I think a big part of it is we're not, we're not shutting our brains down to sleep. We're on our phones, we're on the TV, and then we go to bed and our brains are still working. And I think if we just took some time or if an individual just took time in the evening to just shut down, go to bed early, and then get up in the morning, drink a cup of water, eat healthy foods. I think like exactly what she was saying, just taking care of your body on an individual basis will greatly improve just the the mental health and just the the overstressed feeling of, of the fast paced society that we're in. I right? had a conversation with um, two individuals last week that was discussing the idea of physical exercise and the importance of it. And I think that's one thing um, Americans really have a struggle with. I think mm-hmm. in, even in like European um, like in some of the like richer countries in Europe, they don't really seem like they have an issue with obesity like we do here in the United States. And that's because of, it's almost like this, this gluttonous mentality of like, I've worked so hard, I deserve all this stuff. And they're like, and they're not taking care of themselves. Whereas over there, they have this better balance. And I think that that's a problem as well. And, and incorporating physical exercise into your daily routine is so important to helping you, like even just getting your mental, like mental capacity where it should be. It's a, it's a physical release of energy in a healthy way. Like these things that people just don't incorporate into their lives. And so because of that, all these other issues begin to build up. You were about to say something. I was just going to say bouncing off kind of what Beth was saying, but um, I think so much of our free time too is consumed with electronics, with things that we think are making us feel rested. I'm just going to sit down and scroll on Instagram. I'm going to be on Facebook But when it really comes down to it, that is not healthy for your body. Um, I don't think that that's cut because it does work your brain. It does still affect your body. It's engaging you. It's engaging you. Right. In a way that a book or in a way that there are other ways that we could be spending our time that actually is more productive in some ways but productive in also allowing us to get rest. Yeah, along those lines, plug, 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 because I'm about to plug another episode here. Another plug for a previous episode, (laughs) I think it was episode two, we talked about social media, and we were talking about how, you know, you get these little um, instant gratification dopamine shots every time that you're scrolling through and you see an interesting video or you see a post that you like, or even having other people like your stuff, like those feel great in the moment, but in the long run, they're cheapening those um, reward systems that are built into your body. And they're, they're not going to help you feel rested because you are engaging your brain. You're mm-hmm. getting those shots of dopamine right. throughout that aren't actually um, really beneficial in right. any way at it's, all. It's engaging your brain without strengthening your brain. Yeah. It's not doing anything to add anything to you because it is so temporary. What matters today in terms of likes and in terms of these things, tomorrow will not matter. It didn't yeah. give you anything. It doesn't benefit you at all. And so the things that we are spending our time and our energy on, we need to be focusing more on things that will give us a better product, even if that's just a more restful spirit. So I think that those are very practical and good ways that the individual can take um, these ideas from other cultures and incorporate them. What are some other things about 
um, these two very different cultures that both of you guys have um, been in for long periods of time that you think, like, what are some other, even just, like, ideas within the culture that you think America is lacking? Um, well, to spark off of that, um, the whole discussion that we've had in social media lately about culture appropriation and everything that's happening with that, um, honestly, Beth and I were talking about this. It's it's a very different idea in our different cultures. Um, for example, in Germany, if you were to buy one of the traditional German-style dresses, the Dönigl that we have, um, in fact, a lot of Americans do that. They come and they buy it, and it's, it's great. Like, Germans love that. They think it's so cool because it's you appreciating their culture. It's you showing that that you love what they have, and it's, it's not a big, as much of a big deal as that. And I think that just that idea of um, seeing things as not necessarily taking away from their culture, but admiring and appreciating. Celebrating. Celebrating it, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's a different idea that they have, too. I know we had been talking about that earlier um, in this week with all the discussion that's been going on. Around that. Right. And the first example, there was a very specific thing that I think of very recently that we were talking about, about this young woman who wore a cheap out to prom. And um, just this idea that to Asian American people, this is a very offensive thing. They think that she's appropriating their culture. Yeah. Um, whereas in China... Um, it's a lot more, oh, this young lady is appreciating our culture. I saw comments from people in China saying that very thing. Because in the country of China, uh, the chi pao is worn more often um, based on what I saw in my experience by waitresses or by people at their wedding. So for them, there is still that traditional aspect, but now it's a much more common thing to wear. Yeah. So, for example, you know, when we think of the out west, we think of, you know, cowboy hats, cowboy boots. I don't want to say that it's exactly the same thing, but it's something that, yeah, it's a part of their culture. It's something that's traditional, but it's not something that's sacred. Yeah. Whereas I think mm -hmm. nowadays um, in, in America, we see these things that have happened in the past as being sacred. And there are some things that are sacred, you know, to Native American culture. I've heard that headdresses. Um, each feather in Native American headdresses has a different meaning. It's something that that person has done to earn that headdress. So that's something that I see, okay, that's a culture that's still alive, that still has that meaning. But I think that the, the approach of those countries to that idea of cultural appropriation versus appreciation is different. To them, um, they do see it as differently. And Beth was bringing something up the other day about this idea that um, America, we do have kind of a culture, but we are melting of cultures. Yeah. And so because of that, I think that we each want to have that piece of culture that we can say is is from our heritage, yeah. if that makes sense. No, absolutely. It kind of expound on that, Bethany. You said it better. Um, well, I do believe... I, I learned a lot. I grew up um, in Germany, obviously, and I went through the German schools, and we learned about America. Like, we took a couple days out of geography class. I know um, in classes here you learn about the American geography and world geography, but specifically, we took days out and learned just about America. We didn't do that for any other country. We learned about America and its culture because the Germans are fascinated by this melting pot idea. In fact, I, I specifically remember the label of this ninth grade geography lesson I was in was America the melting pot. 
And it was all about how all of these different cultures come together and form this incredible capitalistic country where if you work hard, you can succeed. And it was just this, this foreign idea to them. You know, it's a, Germany's a very socialistic country. So this, just this idea was, was so cool to them. So like I said, we spent an extensive amount of time on that. And I had never realized that as a child. And I think growing up in America, we kind of know it, but we don't really. Because, you know, it's like we're all Americans and we, we talk about that. Like, we are America. We are America. And America is the individuals that make up the country. But there are so many different cultures. I was in New York recently and, you know, you have little Italy and you have little France and you have little Germany and you have all these these portions. And so because we're such a melting pot and we all are, are all Americans, I think exactly what you were saying, that we each want something to be ours. We love, as it's, it's not just American, it's humanity. Each individual loves to have something that belongs to them. Make them feel like they're part of something bigger, exactly. a bigger group, something exactly. like that. They love they love to have something that's theirs. It's it's a, something they can pride themselves in. I am not only American, I am Italian-American, I am German-American, I am Russian-American, I am this. And so it's something they take pride in. It's something they can kind of get cliquish with. And, and we love to do that as humans. We love to have our groups. And I think um, people just love that so much that when somebody else takes something out of that, they're saying, hey, wait, that's mine. Like, that's supposed to be just ours. That's our little groups. And so it's offensive to them. It kind of hurts them. And I, I think it hurts their pride more than anything because it's taking away something that's theirs that wasn't even really theirs to begin with. It was the cultures. It wasn't specifically theirs to begin with. It was it was the countries. It was this idea of um, of this melting pot. I just, I'm fascinated by it because, like I said, I've spent so long in Germany. I come back to America and I just, I think it's incredible how so many different people can come together under this, this idea of a freedom. And I, I think it's incredible. And I love, I love living back in America. I love doing this again. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I believe about this whole culture yeah. melting pot idea. Yeah. And to bring it back kind of to the theme that we we're talking about, how can America take a page from other cultures? appreciate the heritage that you have embrace mm, it and love it yeah. but also appreciate like Beth was saying like Germany appreciates appreciate the fact that we are a melting pot like the fact that we can you know have all of these cultures and that we can work together and appreciate both sides of that um, as Americans we should appreciate the fact especially if you know your heritage you know appreciate the fact that yes you had these brave ancestors who came over to America and we are built on I mean, we're only a little more than 200, almost 300, I guess, depending on your math. Um, <laughs> you know, we're a really young country compared to other parts of the world. In China, there was a high school down the street from me that was 200 years old. And so just, you know, appreciate the fact that we do come from somewhere. And I think that that's the page that we can take from it is recognizing that, yes, you can embrace your heritage um, and you can appreciate other heritages, but don't forget to appreciate the fact that you are from where you're from. You know what I mean? Like you're from America. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's super cool. Yeah. So. so I have a question. Um, and I honestly don't even know how I 100% feel about this. But I think we can all agree that you should celebrate your own culture. Mm. Um, the good parts of it. If there are sure. bad parts of it, don't celebrate that. <laughs> um, and that, you know, that's a whole other discussion. There's like all these other doors that we could open right there. But um we can also respectfully celebrate other people's culture. And I think that that's okay. Right. Like yeah. being able to enjoy other people to like, you know, to love what they do. And like, and conversely, they can do the same thing. Like mm -hmm. I have traveled all over the place and they love American stuff and they will try and, you know, show their appreciation even for you as an American, 
because of everything that they know that America has done, you know? Mm-hmm. So there is, like, I think that we don't need to argue about that. I think celebrating cultures is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Here's a problem. This is one of the things that I've seen with this whole cultural appropriation. And I want to see what your guys' opinion on this is. Is essentially a lot of people look at it almost as, well, there's this whole tribalism aspect of it. And a lot of people will say that the United States is more of a salad bowl than it is a melting pot and that there are all these distinctions and they're not supposed to um, cross over a whole other discussion. But what I want to talk about is there's this part of American culture. And one thing that we've, we've touched on briefly in that they, when they're going for this feel or this idea, or in this case, um, a specific culture, in their instant desire to get it, they cheapen it. And a lot of the times this takes place, and the most obvious form is in like restaurants or food chains. So like look at China and like taking the culture and the beauty of that and translating it into Panda Express, a fast food chain that you can see everywhere that's this obviously not Chinese, like, I mean, I'm sure they have some Chinese foundation but a lot of the food there and a lot of the things there are clearly americanized it's not chinese exactly yeah. right <clears throat> so they've taken this idea and they've instead of respecting it they've made it they've taken it away from that and this is the way that i think some people view it is they've taken that idea and that culture away from that culture and used it for their own gain and now they're sure. making money on it and i can see that perspective right so where's the balance like how can we as americans celebrate other cultures without cheapening their culture at the same time Hmm. or kind of just like we know that that works we're going to take that and ignore all the things that are sacred that you care about and we're going to use this for our own gain because i think that's how a lot of people will view it yeah i think i think that's a really valid point and and i agree with you there that that it is a problem that some people cheapen it and and take away from it um i i don't know the whole panda express thing um I don't know. And that was just one example. Yeah, 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 no, but I definitely, I I get what you're saying. It's like, um, but don't, I I think a lot of times we cheapen ourselves. I mean, think, think about the fact, I mean, yes, yes. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that, um, it's not a problem that people are cheapening their, their culture, but, but if we think about the fact, and I'm, I'm saying every country, I've, I've traveled around the world. I've been on every continent, um, except Africa. And it's, it's been crazy to see, um, just, we, we talk about this, but, you walk into the country, and especially in touristy areas, people are selling cheapened versions of their culture. To oh, the absolutely. Yeah, so and I was actually going to bring that up. So. I think the problem starts with we cheapen ourselves so others think it's okay. So mm. we're selling cheapened versions of ourselves, so why sh- why shouldn't they? If yeah. they're doing it to themselves, if they're taking – I was um, – when you're in Berlin, you can just buy pieces of the Berlin Wall. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that, but – I doubt all of those pieces are actually pieces. Oh, I, I don't believe it could be. Guaranteed, there I, are some I don't pieces think it's of even that possible. wall that's, that are that's not. That's my the culture. Wall. I, yeah. I was in Paris recently, and they're selling. You know, you can buy these little Eiffel towers, or you can buy these little things and yeah. these little knickknacks, and it's just on the street. It's it's probably not even legal necessarily, and so yeah. and, and it's accepted though because it's bringing money into the country and things like that. So it's it's people, we, we cheapen ourselves. I'm sure you can say the same thing about China. You go right. to the touristy areas and you get these little knickknacks and you get these little pieces of culture that are cheap and people don't know what it means. You know, people are getting yeah. things with Chinese written on them. They, they can't read it. They have no idea what it says. It could say water for all we know. And, and they just think it's this thing. And I think the idea is we cheapen ourselves. So so why shouldn't others? And I think that is a, an individual problem that that we need to 
understand that we need to appreciate our own culture to teach other people how to appreciate it. I think that we need to be teaching other people how to appreciate our own culture. Right. And coming off of that, something I was thinking as you were talking about too, and I know that this is a solution that's offered by a lot of people who um, have really sensed a problem with cultural appropriation, and they say that they, they want to be heard. They want people to listen to them. And so I think the first thing you think um, if you are not being open-minded is, okay, fine, like, we'll listen to you. You've had your moment on Twitter. It's fine. Go away. That kind of thing. Or, you know, we have our preconceived notions and we stick to them. But just how, you know, we were saying that Spark is, like, for mutual improvement. And I even kind of pitched this to you when I was talking about this idea. But the idea that if it's a cultural issue and you know somebody from that culture, it does not make it weak for you to ask them what they think of you using their culture. Mm. Um, I think that that's one so actually talking to people, that's an interesting yeah, thought. exactly, like she said. <laughs> Instead of just yelling know, at each other. Learn how to teach people about your culture, but then learn how to listen to people about their oh, culture yeah. too. Absolutely. And it involves being knowledgeable about your culture. Being and it involves like conversation, it involves like relationships. Right. You can't get that just by mm-hmm. scrolling exactly. through Instagram. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's where we, like you were saying, this idea of tribalism Yes, embrace your culture and yes, um, you know, be willing to spend time with other people who also appreciate your culture, but be willing to let people who are not in your culture understand, like give us a chance. And if Mm. you as my like if my best friend looked me in the face and said, it would really hurt my feelings if you used something from my culture, this specific thing, if you wore a cheap out. I know you want to appreciate my culture and I know that that's what you're trying to do, but it would hurt my feelings. And if somebody said that to me, there is no way that I would do that to them, you know? And so I think that it's a a deafness on both sides. I'm not asking you if it's okay for me to wear this part of your culture. And then you're not asking me to not, not to not do it because they are obviously asking that. But, but I think like you're saying, those relationships, those conversations, if you know somebody ask them and ask them how you can use their culture. And I think when it comes to food and all those other things, the way that we treat other cultures, um, that's one thing. But I think that one way that we cannot cheapen other people's cultures is by recognizing there are people who live in those cultures and you can ask them how they yeah. feel about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? absolutely. Those cultures are people. They're not just clothing. They're not just items. And they're not just things that you can use or are on the prohibited list. And that's a pretty big thing in Hollywood. Like you see all the time people get up in arms about these things that, you know, it's like, oh, they're whitewashing this movie. They're whitewashing that movie. And then when you actually go to those countries where those movies are being played, they love those movies. Uh, the first one that comes to mind, and this is totally like an obscure one, but Ghost in the Shell had Scarlett Johansson in it yeah. playing an anime character who was originally Asian. And they, like all these people in Hollywood were offended by that. Like, why did you cast a white woman in an Asian part? But when they went to Japan and like showed it on the street to a bunch of people, they were like, oh yeah, she's pretty cool. Like she kind of looks like the character. And that was it. Like they didn't think twice about the fact that she was American mm-hmm. because it you know, it didn't even cross their minds because that's not something that they got offended about. And if the people who are upset about that movie had actually gone and just talked to them about it, maybe they wouldn't have made such a big deal about it. So another idea is um, exactly what Beth was saying. We we don't listen. And I think especially like you were saying in Japan, it wasn't a big deal. Um, one of our biggest rights 
in America that we talk about all the time is our right to freedom of speech. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so I think that's a big problem we, we forget about. And I, I wrote an article on this um, years and years ago about our right to remain silent and our right to listen. Because, you know, we think about, we, we do have the right to speech. And I think that that's so embedded in our minds that we can say whatever we want. We forget we also have the right to sit down and to listen to other people talk. And we feel like we have a right to our opinions and that no one can tell us we're wrong because we have the right to say whatever we want. And um, I think it goes back to we just we need to forsake our own rights and listen to other people. And I think that's that's a huge part. Like you guys were saying, just listening to what other people have to say, just asking about it, talking, having conversation, putting down our cell phones and going and get coffee with someone and just sitting down and and building relationships, I think is huge. It's huge. You know what a lot of people will say when you bring up that point, which I 100 percent agree with you with. But a lot of conservatives and people in Christian circles will say that. Our right to free speech is more important than um, your your privilege of not getting your feelings hurt, kind of thing. I don't. That, that's a boggled way of saying it, but I think not politically correct, basically. Right. Yeah. So I I think that yes, we do have this right to freedom of spree- speech, but at the same time, it should be balanced, like you were saying, with this actual personal like connecting with people and listening to other people. And I think, honestly, that's a big fault that Christians and conservatives of this era um, have. Mm -hmm. I think that's something Mm -hmm. we struggle with on a multitude of levels, even just with each other, like in our own Christian circles. We just don't listen to each other. And it's like everyone has their opinion on what the Bible says, and they're not willing to give any leeway on that. Everyone's dogmatic about every opinion they have because they believe they have the right to whatever opinion they want. Yeah, and it's so marked in America. Like, it's oh, totally. so clear because whether it's in your churches or whether it's in the different factions of political groups or whether, like, even within, like, say you're a Republican, even within Republicans, there are people who believe this and people who believe that. And there's so many people who all claim to be Christians and all who are all Americans, but they can't, like you said, come to that point yeah. of, of listening. And. Uh- to plug yet another episode of Spark, <laughs> I actually just had an interview with Florian Messon, who's from France. Yes. And he mentioned that he was just saying, like, one of the biggest differences between France and America is that Americans get wrapped up in all these little, like, arguments and details and problems that France just doesn't get wrapped up in because they're willing to actually, well, one, they're a smaller community, so they actually take the time to get to know each other. But they're willing to sit down and listen to each other. And then they recognize, wait, this difference between us isn't a problem. You know, we should be focusing on the real problem, which is, you know, getting the gospel out. It's not whether you believe in the KJV or the NKJV. It's this more important, like, we should be spreading the gospel. You know, so like, and that's just one example, but like, we get wrapped up in all these little opinions and our own beliefs, and we don't remember that we sh- we really just need to sit down and, and talk with other people. I think another part of that, just from a gospel point of view, is the fact that Jesus preached humility. Like, you have to be humble as a child to be saved. You have to be humble. And humility basically is allowing someone else's preferences, like thinking of other people before yourself. And I think in our culture, and first world culture in general, this this expands throughout America, and first world culture in general is so wrapped up in this idea of me and of of pushing myself forward that we're not considering other people. And and I think that um, because Christians have a problem with this, it's, People see Christians as hypocritical. They say, oh, that doesn't work anyway. Why should we try this? And I think if Christianity got back down to, you shall know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another, I think that if we boil it back down to doing what Jesus said, 
we would see that what Jesus says really does work. Like that's that's how we can change a culture by changing the individual, by by changing it the way Christ told us to. And it all boils back down to Christ and who he is and what he taught. And um, the fact that he is God and he knows how we work better than we even know ourselves. Any other thoughts on that? Um, I think that wraps it up pretty well. Yeah, but... I think that, that that says it pretty well. And I think just going back to, you know, that idea of, you know, in, in our spiritual lives, there shouldn't be division. And I think, you know, to, to pull it back, even further back just to Americans in general. We look at these other cultures, their abilities to um, to work together, to commune. Um, I know that a lot of other cultures, I know in China, family, um, your relationships, those are important. And I think it's the same thing for Germany. It's a lot of other countries. I know a lot of uh, countries in South America, I'm sure. It's a lot of, of together and your family yeah. and it being important and conversation and communion. And whether or not America is built on individuals or not, no man is an island. And so I think that that's all of this goes back to what can we learn from other cultures? What can we learn from Christians of other cultures? What can we learn from secular other cultures? Yeah. What can we learn from these people? And I think to kind of encompass all this thing that we just talked about, it's the fact that America needs to learn to work together. Yeah, this this whole like salad bowl melting pot idea is wonderful when we're actually engaging with it, when not standing on the outside as an individual looking at it. Um, and I think that's a big problem that we as Americans have. And it's it's in the very foundation almost of what things are, like with like social media, with like this isolation that occurs with other people, like the family is breaking apart. Like all these other problems and things are, are getting down into this this main issue and it's it's splitting people into individuals and really they should be working together and that is one thing we as individuals can work on is just getting involved in a community getting involved with the people around you and not focusing on just yourself and what makes you happy but being willing to sacrifice that time that you spend on yourself and investing it in others and getting to know other people and other cultures yeah so to wrap this up um on a little bit of a lighter note i want to ask you guys what are some things that you love and miss about the countries that you spent time in or that you grew up in? So, Bethany? Um, wow. Okay, so... Um, and it's a very large question. <laughs> but just like first thing off the yes, top of your head. Sure. Um, the thing I miss the most about being in China is I just miss so much, honestly, the food, um, the way that they... Uh, ate fresh food, fresh vegetables. There's a tons of vegetables. Um, when you go to a restaurant, you order more vegetables than meat. I honestly really miss um, eating all together with like the food in the middle of the table and just being able to like choose your own food and stuff. And then from Europe, one of the biggest things I miss is just how the culture is just everywhere. Like and here in America, if you're down in the South, it, you have to drive hours to even get to one author's house. I mean, yeah. I've seen the Fitzgerald's house, but it was... A house they lived in for three months you know so it like was huh. nothing big but i liked being you know, the you there's castles there's you know world war stuff there's um just so much culture and it's so deep and it's so um compact it's like compact all yeah so i think just that those are the two biggest things is i miss the food i miss the community in china i miss all of the traditions that they have and then i also miss in in europe just all of the history is so close. It doesn't take you long to get anywhere. And all of it is meaningful. Hmm. I'm going to have to basically say the exact same about <laughs> Food and community, man. Um, <laughs> so there's this food, funnily enough, um, appropriated from Turkish culture, but it's very German. They don't even have it in Turkey. It's called the döner. 
and it's basically um, what do they know it as in America? What's it called? It's, it's like a kebab. It's like a kebab oh, oh, okay. kind of meat in a. It's in a pita bread, and you fill it with tzatziki sauce and all sorts of vegetables. It's my favorite food in the world, and it's incredible. And it's actually a lot of Turkish people run those restaurants, but they don't sell them in Turkey because it's just this kind of food that came over and just evolved into this very German fast food kind of thing. Yeah. And um, but it's it's really really good. And then just the community, um, like Beth was saying earlier of, or, or you were saying about how um, Florian, I also know him, was saying about, you know, the Christian community not being wrapped up in little dogmatic ideas and fighting about that, but just, oh, you believe in Jesus too? Cool, let's go share the gospel with someone else. Yeah. Like, if you meet someone like that, and, it, and just being able to have that community, because there's not a lot of Christians in Germany. There's, there's not a church around every corner. You know, the closest church to ours is 45, 30 minutes away. And so just having that community with people, even though you don't believe exactly the same thing about everything, just that that unity in Christ that is diversity that I think is beautiful. Cool. I so funny that like I didn't even think about it, but like cultures and their food are great. This and there's like Amen. Such, such <laughs> intrinsic, yeah, yeah, there's such this intrinsic like the food is so tied to it. Um, yes. and that's like a whole other like I'd love to research that out and all this stuff. <laughs> anyway, I love food, so I just I could talk about food all day. Sure. Um, thank you guys for yeah, coming thank on. You. Thank you. Any other final thoughts or tips or anything you guys want to give? Anything you feel like you left on the table that you wanted to get to? Um, if not, it's fine. Um, America's really big. Don't forget about that. Yes. America is so much bigger than all of these other cultures. We're talking about minute, like half the size of Texas countries. Exactly. So change isn't going to happen fast. And I think that's something we need to understand is the size of America is so much different. We can't expect change to happen quickly. That's just something because I, I didn't want it to feel like we were saying, oh, you can do this and change the culture. Like that's not going to happen. Changing the individual. It, it doesn't just happen like that because of the size of America. And yeah. I didn't want to leave that out. We're not not considering the fact that America is so much bigger than everything else. Yeah. Very important. And bouncing off that, um, you know, I know in America, like, we're obsessed, or at least a lot of young people are, like, we love this idea of traveling, this idea of going over the whole world. And, mm. of course, we're talking about cultures. We think it's important that you travel. We think it's important that you go to other places. But I would say that once you find a place that's your place, um, I think Americans sometimes have a hard time with this, but stay there and invest yeah. and get plant your roots, plant your roots mm-hmm. and yep. get yeah. involved. Really and that's how you're going to make that change. That's how you're going to build those relationships because you can't build relationships if you're jumping from job to job or place to place, town to town, con- even country to country. If you don't end up in America, that's one thing. But stay where you are, wherever that is, America, Europe, and Asia, and, and make a difference. And invest. Invest. Yeah. Do it. Great. Yeah. And I think that is an awesome, very practical piece of advice that a lot of people don't even think about. So with that in mind, I think we're just going to wrap up here. Thank you guys for coming on. Like I said before, this has been Spark. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're also on Facebook and we're very uh, prevalent on Instagram and Twitter. So you can follow us there at Spark underscore pod. If you would like to contact us and tell us what we messed up, any facts or anything like that, <laughs> please, please do. Yes, please. It's contact at sparkpodcasting.com. Again, that's contact at sparkpodcasting.com. Email us, tell us the things that we messed up, any facts, any details, things like that, and we will correct those for you. That's the way that you can be involved. Um, and again, uh, thanks for listening to the conversation this week. <laughs>